0: And welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke. And in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Suki Shu, I am so excited to be interviewing you for She's the Boss Chats. Thank you so much for agreeing to do it.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: (laughs) Well, let's tell everybody about what you're doing. So what's your business at the moment? If yeah, well,
1: it's an interesting question to start with. So I'm running two businesses at the moment. Umamiya is right. a newborn baby for me. Um, it's still a startup. It's only been running for five months. So what it does is uh, it's produce a next generation of hospitality uh, robotic solutions for uh, oh, my service goodness. businesses. Yeah, so they can reduce the cost uh, and boost profit for about 30%.
0: So, um, Maya. so what does it actually do when you say that it helps people increase their profit? It cooks. What's it actually doing?
1: It, it cooks. cooks. Yeah, it cooks by itself.
0: Oh my goodness. Hang on, you have to explain that a little bit more for somebody like <laughs> me who's maybe not technologically advanced. What do you mean? Have you built a robot that stands there and cooks or how does it work?
1: Well, um, we are not building the hardware itself. We're actually using yeah. a, a lot of emerging technologies out there. But what we're building yeah. now, it's a, we call it a Virtual Executive Chef. So it's a, a AI software that connects different emerging robotics with uh, the current kitchen uh, appliances like a, a fridge, or with the um, exhaust fan, etc. No. So what it will do, it will be able to connect everything together and read data and know. Exactly what's happening in the kitchen for business owner wherever they are.
0: Stop it! Yeah. So what you mean is that if I was to give have a recipe, somehow or other this software talks to the cooker and the microwave and the whatever. And how does it actually work though? I mean, uh, say ch- I had a recipe for I don't know chicken mm-hmm. soup. How would it actually yeah. make the chicken yeah. soup for me?
1: <laughs> um, how? <laughs> so the first um, first uh, hardware or the robots we're introducing to Australia, it definitely can cook very good chicken soup. Um, it looks like a <laughs> fridge, but you open it, it has different like a uh, dispenser or slot on the side of the fridge. and then uh, you put ingredients, for whatever you want to put for this chicken soup. You want the chicken, of course, you want the Ah. water, and then you want any spices on it. And then you close the door, you press (laughs) the button to choose chicken soup, and automatically, it will add different ingredients on time. Um, And then um, it comes up with chicken soup in about a minute and a half.
0: So that's how it, oh, it works. Oh my good! I was not expecting you to. This sounds absolutely <laughs> incredible. How is it different to something like a thermomix?
1: Thermomix, it's not fully automated. You still need so to. So you have press to cook it.
0: those different bits, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. With the machine, we are introducing you. You you basically create, create, um the the menu, the recipe, yeah, and then it just cooks itself.
0: <laughs> I am so blown away. Yeah. I had no idea that that was even possible.
1: Well, it's so, really interesting. A lot of um, yeah. technology now in the world is to help the chefs society like this. Another mm-hmm. really great technology in, in the US, it does um, 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 like uh, chips. So it it, it has yeah. like robotic arms automatically put chips inside of the uh uh, What's it called? boiler, and then it yeah. fries, the fryer, and it fries the chips and take it out, and it controls the wow. time, controls the heat of the oil, etc. It's just so
0: cool. Wow! And so, how much of this is being used now, and how far away is it before everyone will uh-huh. be able to use it?
1: Uh, the 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 machine we are introducing, it's already quite yeah. mature in Asia. It's uh, it's in mass wow. production. Yeah, um, yeah, and then I think they've sold about twenty thousand machines so far, uh, and we're very luckily being able to work with them and introduce that robots to Australia. To Australia, and yeah, build up a uh, software based on it. Uh, I guess oh my next, goodness!
0: So
1: you you'll say in the next three to five years there will be more and more of these kind of uh, robots wow. coming to the kitchens.
0: So the idea is ultimately that. As a chef, you could instead of having your sous chef, you could have two or three of these machines, or maybe yeah. even one if it takes one and a half minutes. And and what about the volume that chefs need to do? You know, say they need to do. Uh, look, I'm I'm not in the hospo industry, but say you've got a restaurant with fifty people, fifty. Packs or whatever they talk mm-hmm. about, people in it, and you have a table, ta- you know. Which I know restaurants, you know, a table of fifteen arrives suddenly and says, "Okay, we want all our entrees at the same time." How would it be able to manage that?
1: Uh, you would just you need, need fifteen ma- machines? No, you need a few machines because one machine uh, can cook a dish in a minute and a half. uh It means wow. if you have, say, three machines, you have one chef of- to all doesn't even need to be a chef. could be an entry-level cook to look after these three machines. (laughs) Yeah, and take, put ingredients to one machine and take off food from another machine and just do it as a process,
0: it would work. So in hospitality, I know with... And I hadn't even thought about this, but they do par cook things. So if you make your risotto, you don't make it from scratch, you have that kind of par cooked. So this kind of feeds into that idea where they can produce volume um, quite easily if they par cook the food. That is absolutely incredible, Suke. I just, I never would have thought that that was possible.
1: Yeah, well, before I was in hospitality, I never really thought about I would go into this so interesting area. Uh, But also I think Thanks to my previous business or current, another business, chefing, I got to know a lot of incredible chefs and not got to know what's yeah. a problem in Cajuns. Uh, and then when the right time comes, this idea just comes out and we did a MVP. it works. We spoke with uh, some um, business owners. They love this idea and they want to purchase yes. the machine. Yeah.
0: That, that is, and are these yes. machines super expensive?
1: No, it's not too bad. Uh, the good thing is we're going to use a model called RAS, Robert as a, chef, right. uh, Robert as a Service. So what we're going to do is uh, our customer will can subscribe this machine from us and pay ah, us a monthly, yeah. bre- monthly rate. Uh, it's right. reduce the burden of upfront cost for the business owners uh, yeah. and also we'll be able to work with them along the side and help them to maintain the machines.
0: Wow, you have completely blown me away. I was not expecting you to say that. Now, I know you were just referring to other business. Let's just touch on that, and then I'm going to get you to take me right back to where you grew up and how you've developed this amazing brain that thinks of these kind of things. But what is Chefin?
1: Um, Chefin is a SaaS platform that connects private chefs to to business or individuals who want to run private dining experience in their home or office. Oh. Um, we have done about 50,000 events so far. It's been running for five years. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's been a great journey. It's a lot of lessons lesson learned, but uh, I loved it.
0: <laughs> I, I bet. So how does that exactly work? So you, because I've got a SaaS platform for PR, but I've got no idea how a SaaS platform works in food. So People can go in, book the chef, create the recipe with the chef. Is that sort of how it works? And then they turn up at your home or?
1: Yeah, that's exactly how it works. With the the software, chefs can design the dishes. We we help them to have this uh, uh, automated process. They design the dishes, find the the cost of the ingredients. So they make sure it doesn't blow up their budget um, and then communicate with the customers. uh, What else we do? Um, yeah, and getting jobs, the most important parts, getting so jobs. So I was
0: going to say, so is part of that that you actually do the, you do the marketing to get the clients in and then the chefs are on the system as the resources for the clients? Is that yeah. sort of how it works? Exactly. And do you do a lot of work with commercial businesses or mainly just with chef in, or is that mainly, you know, high net worth individuals who want chefs to come in and cook for them?
1: Uh, mostly high net worth individuals who want chefs. Uh, we've tried nice. um, commercial <laughs> kitchens business before, but you know, businesses are too busy. They got their own business yeah. to look
0: after. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Oh my goodness. All right. Now I want to know more about you and how you got to this spot. So do you mind if we go back to when you were a little girl and you can tell us where you grew up and um, what size family you have and what did your mum and dad do?
1: Uh, I'm a single kid in my family. I'm from China, as you can see. And a girl, Um,
0: isn't that unusual to have a single girl, or is that just old fables, old stories?
1: Oh well, my 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 family are pretty okay with girls. Like my mom's side, (laughs) uh, yes. All my yeah, all, all my cousins are girls. We have like five. Cousin, Six cousins, five girls.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Okay. So you were an only child. You grew up in China. What did your mother and father do?
1: Uh, my Both my parents worked for a railway, like uh, China, okay. a railway, a tra- China transportation. Um, back then, you stick with your job for the entire life. So that's exactly what they did. They spent a whole life with railway. My dad is a, a general manager of a um, the railway in from where I'm from. I'm from a small, small province, actually the smallest okay. province in, in China. Um, but which is still probably as big there. as,
0: <laughs> it's probably got the same population as the whole of Australia or something in your small it, it province. Is something has, like it? That. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, so you grow up, grew up with a family with mum and dad working in a job forever, which is interesting that you're an entrepreneur. So, um, what, what were you like at school? Did you enjoy school? Uh,
1: I enjoyed, um, I I enjoyed the study part of the journey, um, but I wasn't really like exams. That's probably like all the kids,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and then
1: I had a, I had a great time of uh, um, meeting friends and. Knowing people at school, I really enjoyed that. I did a lot of um, external activities there. Um, but um, when I turned into a teenager, I started to hate school, starting to question why am I doing it. Um, and I hate right. the education system out there. I just didn't really enjoy. Why? Um, what, what was
0: what? What was it about their system that you didn't enjoy? Or well, the system there, is it it's different so- to here?
1: Because they put the same uh, – every case to be the, – the, the, and going through the yeah. same thing. Like I'm not really good with math, but I'm actually pretty good with literature and I'm good with history and stuff like that. But I have to pass my math exam to be to be able to yes. study the things I enjoy. Yeah, that, that's I something really I- annoying.
0: Yes, I want to high five you through the computer here because I hated numbers and I had to do maths all the way through as well. So um, when you finished school, did you go right the way through to the end of school, year 12?
1: Yeah, I did. And then I went to a university, studied Bachelor of Advertising. Uh, That was interesting. Bachelor of
0: Advertising?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I didn't Um, even know there was such a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Back then, um, there was still no social media. So advertising, especially banner ads, this big bus ads are still a big thing. Uh, we learned a yeah, lot around right. it. Yeah, it was fun.
0: <laughs> okay, so you've you've finished school and you've got a degree in advertising. What did you do there? How, what was your first job? How did you get your first job and what was it?
1: I worked in a local TV um, station station. As uh, oh. um, yeah, just they say a trainee and learn and learn a little bit how workplace works. there it's, right. it's interesting, but it was really short. It was only uh, about half a year, six months time, uh, because that at that point I was trying to figure out what I want to do, uh, if I sh- should continue uh, study. Or if I want to study, what should I study? Or maybe I should go to a workplace, but do I really want to now? Uh, Am I feeling ready? So I was questioning a lot of things and trying to find myself. Uh, At the end, I was really lucky that my parents supported me to come to Australia. It wasn't easy, um, but we made it happen I still really appreciate it. Tell me, the, tell me. Yeah, no, no, aspect. you have
0: to tell me a little bit more about that then, because I would have thought being the only daughter, and your parents are still in China, is that still the case? For yeah. you to leave, must have, it must have been very hard for them. But how did you manage to come here?
1: Uh, I applied some schools in Australia and Canada. Uh, I got a uh, Two offers from Australia and one from Canada, uh, but I realized Canada is so bloody cold. <laughs> <laughs> like, right, no. so you
0: just no. yes, okay. I, so I Australia, Australia, one.
1: Yeah,
0: but do you have any family here at all? Did you know anyone here?
1: Uh, I hadn't, I didn't know anyone here at all. I picked up oh, my a, a random driver that was assigned by my agency. You know, you had this sort of education agency. I just contact them. He, the driver picked me up and sent me to this, uh, homestay, uh, with a bunch of other kids. That's my journey start.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what was that like? Where did you, where did you start off? Where was the first place you lived?
1: Um well I lived in uh, North Sydney it's right. a, a house uh, uh, uh run by an Italian mom um she's really lovely <laughs> that must
0: Was that a bit of a shock for you, though, Italian and Italian food after Chinese?
1: Yeah, but she was really great. She was trying to cook all sorts of food. She was even making Chinese noodles. (laughs) The only only downside is we wasn't allowed to cook our own food. So we eat whatever she cooks sometimes. So, like, I really want to cook your noodles. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, how long did you? I mean, I'm. I'm just. You're so brave for coming over here as a. You know, as a young adult with no other connections. So, um, how did you? What What did you do next? What do you do? How long did you stay with her in the homestay?
1: Uh, I stayed around six months. Time they moved out because okay. I couldn't stand without me cooking my favorite yeah. food. <laughs>
0: So, who did, you, who did you move out with? Did you have um, some friends by then to yeah, move out with? I,
1: yeah, I moved out with my um, room, roommate. She was from Belgium. We moved out to oh. a really dodgy, really dodgy apartment in uh, Chinatown because that's the only place we could oh. find with the, the price yeah. range we could afford. Uh, and right. Yeah, that was a completely party apartment. It's in the middle of the city, and they had like two bedrooms with. Um, uh, four bum bags. Oh actually eight bong
0: bags. Oh wow. <laughs> Two in each. Gosh.
1: Yeah. Well yeah, it was oh, crazy. Wow. And then a party every day was uh, I I couldn't really study much because just too much party. But I learned that there are <laughs> people called uh, travelers, they are backpackers, they are people that really love enjoying their lives. I, I learned different, I guess, way of living. Study, yeah. study, study is not the only way.
0: <laughs> so, I'm delighted yeah, to hear okay. that. And so, um, so what did you do? So you know, you're in a house with eight people partying all the time, which is great. But what did you do to earn money? I mean, what? How did how did your first job come about here?
1: I worked as a, a sales a sales assistant in a souvenir shop in oh, wow in one of these superman right. shops <laughs> yeah, and uh, was, the boss was really <laughs> nice right uh, the boss was really nice i was trying to prove myself and get more paid um so what i did was i was making storage of everything he he sells like I sell this didgeridoo. I will learn the history of didgeridoo uh, and then how the paints get painted, and the original life, etc. So I can sell it. <laughs> and then- uh, Wow, you're amazing. I'm a Chinese. Chinese people like to buy leather products. So I sell to Chinese tourists uh, leather products and tell them uh, why it's, it was to buy from Australia, why it's better, <laughs> et cetera.
0: So they would have loved you, but I can't imagine that that was very fulfilling for you for very long. No. So what, what did you do after that?
1: Uh, I worked there for about two years. They really wanted to keep me, but I just feel like it wasn't right. Um, then right. I started doing internships in different places. Like I worked in a magazine. Uh, I worked in the, okay. um, well, what else I worked in? Uh, uh, immigration agency, that's another place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Just random places, okay, so- you know, it was really difficult for um, international sure students to find a
0: job. Mm-hmm. I would have thought it was very, very difficult other than, as you say, in a tourist shop where you could use, you know, your Chinese to sell to Chinese tourists. So how did you make the leap from those kind of odd jobs to starting in?
1: And How so that after happen? all these random jobs, I worked in a company um, it, uh, I, as a marketing assistant. I really liked it. I enjoyed doing it. But I started to realize the, the journey I have, I will be going through, like being a marketing agent, assistant, then maybe jump to marketing manager, then work on, in, change jobs. Um, and then feel like this journey, I, I can see the end of the tunnel.
0: Right. Um, I just feel yeah. like
1: it's not really exciting. And very importantly, as I couldn't go home whenever I want to, um, I mean, go home, go back to China. So I start yeah. to realise I want to have my freedom. In order to have my freedom, I have to work for myself.
0: Yay. That was the only way. <laughs> <laughs> now it's, it's something that I wanted to ask you, because I don't know very much about China, was... Is entrepreneurship even a thing over there? Do your would your parents have understood what you were doing or been very, very worried for you?
1: No, they were very uh, they were very supportive but, but I guess it's also they are the parents are always being really supportive to me but yeah. many in in many cases in many families the parents are not. Uh, especially girls they should be you know marry marry someone have kids and have a stable job or if they're gonna
0: or or from what i hear if you're going to have a job it should be law or medicine or something that's you know very vocational so you're doing something completely different i love your parents they sound great (laughs) so (laughs) um so tell me about how Chefin started then
1: Chefing um, started When I was living In another party house In Bondi <laughs> With my <laughs> Husband But back then We wasn't married We were just boyfriend And girlfriend We were living together okay. With a bunch of other guys In Bondi And then we had uh, A visitor A friend of us An Italian guy Came in Stayed with us For a couple of months And we were cooking For each other We really liked each other And we bonded Really well um, And we, know, we knew That he was well, he's looking to do some sort of hospitality business because he loves yeah. food and the drinks. And then we were like, how about we do something together? Then the first idea came, came out was we rent a big house, another big party house in Bondi, and we do yeah. party dining inside of the house. We are like, okay, it's such a great idea. <laughs> but very quickly we realize that uh, it's not possible because it's not legal
0: <laughs> oh is that not legal oh because of course you yeah no. has, yep yep i didn't even think about
1: yeah, oh, yeah it's not health uh, it's and not safety not and all that menu. sort of thing
0: yeah yeah, yeah well gotcha. we're
1: like oh that's really not a good idea um and then we'll looking at some other options. Then one idea came through is instead of us getting people to come into our place to dine, how about we send a chef to, to people's home? And that Which was is a
0: brilliant idea. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank and you. so yeah, how did you get that now. off
0: the ground? How, how do you get that off the ground though? I mean, it, lots of people have good ideas. Um, not everybody goes ahead and makes them happen. So I mean does your I guess the first question is are you and your husband quite good with technology I mean were you able to build the tech side of it yourselves or
1: um we our first business partner we met them through a, a boot camp like um right. a startup boot camp they uh, they were brilliant they were very techy uh and they were really good with uh back-end and front end development. Um, so we team up. They we're working on the software, and we we're working on bringing uh, business, bringing ourselves. Uh, uh, and and I'm uh, I'm in marketing, so I'm working on a, I was working on the marketing side of the business. So right. we teamed up well, and uh, got our first client. Actually, the first client was my friend. Um, right. Yeah. She, she 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 used us for um her uh, her, her birthday. Yeah, also uh, really cool and she wow. paid me. I was like, "Wow, I'm so <laughs> happy that someone would pay my idea." <laughs> yeah, and then um, And now yeah, you've had 50,000 like, of them. Yeah, yeah. That's just the mad. Large that's one so we, much. We host 500 people and small ones we had for a romantic dinner for two.
0: Wow, that is amazing. So, how long so how long have you had that business for?
1: so about five years for
0: now five we years had some and really so
1: time in during COVID, um but that's yeah, also yes of tell the me of the journey. <laughs>
0: no we'll, we'll tell me because yeah. the next question i would say so one of the questions i like to ask is that as an entrepreneur and when you build up a business very rarely does everything always go right <laughs> and the pandemic is a really good example of that so um one of the things that's really important is that we well, they used to use that word pivot, but we um innovate basically in order to deal with what's going on. So what did you do during the pandemic? I mean, you can't send chefs into people's houses. What did you do?
1: No, um we lost ninety ninety five percent of our business straight away from day one of the oh. pandemic it was it was oh, really no. bad.
0: It is really, really, I mean, it was the same for so many people. So how did you get out of that?
1: Yeah. And um, so what we did was um, initially we were running only in Sydney and a few business, a right. uh, few events in Melbourne. Um, then quickly, very quickly, we realized we can't just rely on Sydney because Sydney was in lockdown. Uh, and at that time Brisbane wasn't, first wasn't there's some other Ah. so so you went national expand yeah expand to other cities and we build up a landing page there we did uh, some advertising SEO um, and then we did some social campaigns and we got some business yeah we we start to be national (laughs) so it turned out wow that's
0: Yeah. Isn't it funny, though, that at the time when some of these things happen, you think, oh my God, my business is over, or I don't even know. I mean, with me, when things like that happen, I find I freeze. I just can't make a decision. I don't know what to do for about a week. And then I start going, okay, I'm going to do this, that, or the other. But um, it it can be very challenging, but it is often that, that that's where the best innovation happens. And so coming out of the pandemic, how has that affected your business?
1: out of pandemic we still don't we still haven't recovered 100 percent. even now we probably recover only 80 uh that because right. uh business so our business clients are not coming back yet i guess their struggle right. with their their budget um so we are a lot relying of them, on our
0: private a lot client. of them in international clients you're you're not international clients that's not what i mean were a lot of your clients um high net worth individuals from um china who live in sydney was that part of your audience because obviously when they yeah. closed the borders i would imagine that would have how been made it very difficult or do you have lots of australian um i don't know anglo-saxons and non non-asian i guess other other people as your clients hmm.
1: Yeah, we had uh, 30% of uh, Asians, Chinese, uh, right. the rest okay. are Chinese. Um,
0: oh, good. Yeah. That's, well, that's a good during spread. During the
1: pandemic, Chinese just really don't want to. Oh. They were really afraid. They really don't want to have any sort of gathering right. at all. <laughs> mm.
0: So you just lost that straight away. And then coming out of it, you built it up through marketing again.
1: Yes, especially word of mouth. So returning customers, our returning customers are really supportive. They came back uh, straight away after they they able to gather, um, and then oh, we also yeah, it's also uh, our business, uh, our uh, marketing SEO side. Our SEO is doing pretty well. So That helps oh, a lot. Oh,
0: that's good. Well done. I am just so impressed by all of this. And then how did Uma Uma Maya. Maya, is it Uma Maya or am I saying it right? Uh Uma Uma Maya, sorry. <laughs> Got that the wrong way around. So how did that come about?
1: Um Uma came to um, the fact that our hospitality business were really struggling. You know, through pandemic time, uh, the the staff shortage is the biggest problem for food service business. Uh, they are. About uh, the data I was looking at is 160,000 jobs available in Australia for hospitality. Wow. That's how severe wow. it is. And it's predicted yeah. to be even more severe in the next uh, 10 years because people, right. young kids, don't want to do this job anymore. No. They think it's just, too, and they don't have the role models. Aid. And no, they don't have the role yeah, models
0: where everybody did it before the pandemic. Now the ones coming out of we it go, well, nobody's doing it. So why would I do it? It's not, it's not the obvious thing for them anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. They don't want to do it. And if they don't want to do it, someone has to do it. That's where the machine could come to play. It can never totally. replace chefs though. They, they can never replace the creativity of uh, these, uh, the artists, but they could replace some really simple jobs.
0: The preparation, yeah. And so how – I'm still interested to know, it seems such, such a big leap for me to be th- thinking or finding or creating a robot. So did these robots exist overseas and you bought the Australian rights? Is that the way it worked, or have you actually developed the software yourselves? Uh,
1: the hardware where it's from overseas the software we are
0: developing ourselves. Wow. And so I have to ask you, what was the light bulb moment? There must've been something that made you think let's create this software because I just think it's so innovative. I've never heard of anyone even thinking like this. So what happened? Did you know of a client or or what happened that, what came together to make you think about this and doing this, creating this program? Um,
1: you know, our hospitality is really uh, fragmented or well, s- segmented. It's yeah. Quite. It's only a few big players. Uh, a majority of the business are owned by uh, small f- uh, by families. So yeah. And yeah. The problem with these families, they are they cannot afford a good chef. What I mean, good is uh, someone has uh, extensive knowledge of, uh, chick- uh, kitchens commercial kitchens and food and know how to control budget, etc. This family business they don't know any of this. So they cannot afford a executive chef. But the idea we came up initially was to help them to provide them a, a virtual exec, executive shift so they can we can uh-huh. help them to control the budget, can help them to get the right ingredients, uh, and then help to predict what would happen when tomorrow there will be an event or the day after there will be no events. So, right. so that's the initial idea. And when AI comes to play, will be re- even a better uh, software for them because uh, uh, AI can actually help them to predict what happen with particular time and with particular circumstances.
0: Yeah. But what, ha- but was there something where, did you have a client that asked for this? Did you, I, I just, I don't quite understand how the light bulb moment, you know, that people talk about with an entrepreneur, oh. like how did you come up with the idea of going, okay, well, we'll create some software that will cook the food for people so that they can replace this um, um, this staff shortage issue. Because you're right, it's huge and it will be ongoing. So this is going to be an amazing solution. But I'm just intrigued as to how you came up with the idea in the first place.
1: Uh, I think I just lost you for the last question. <laughs> oh. you, you're froze. <laughs> Sorry. Would you mind No, that's... <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's fine. I was saying um, we often call it the light bulb moment, but I'm still interested to know how you, did you have a client that said, have you got staff or have you got software? Like how did you make that leap to go from the fact that people need, so there are staff shortages, which we know, through to now when you go, well, we'll get a robot to do it. Um, we,
1: after we came out from pandemic. where we are getting more jobs uh, for private yeah. chefs, but we are having less. Uh, chefs can take the jobs, and we asked them why. He right. said uh, because I have to uh, chop potatoes and carrots in my kitchen. They pay me a hundred dollars an hour to do this, and of course, I'm going to do it just because it's it's yes. easy and okay. not fun. And if I don't do it no one else will do it in my kitchen but these chefs are they are creators they are um, they're amazing at creating creating menus and dishes now they have to be signed to do these basic jobs That's yes, really yes. the line moment.
0: Yes mm-hmm. that totally makes sense. Wow Suki I just can't believe it. okay I've got a couple of other questions for you. Um, along the journey. Have you had any, because she's the bosses about women in business. I always like to ask, have there been any women that have mentored you and helped you along your journey?
1: Um, I have to really take this chance to appreciate a few people, a few women. Great. Um, Please do. (laughs) My first client, my friend, Jennifer, um, she paid me for my passion, paid me for my dream. I was really appreciate that, um, and I want to tell all your all women friends, uh, if you want to support uh, your business friend, a female, yeah, don't buy her a gift, just try her business, oh. try her, try yes, her
0: <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, well said. Okay, yeah, so. Then-
1: I also want to uh, um, appreciate uh, the help or actually more of a role model by friend Sabrina. She's the CEO of Make Comfy. Uh, Make Comfy is doing a great job on uh, uh, rental short rental businesses. Um, so she showed me how to balance life and uh, being a great mom at the same time and then right. as, a, as a great leader and a great mom. So I really I really enjoy uh, having conversations with her um That's i fantastic. also another person it's uh Margaret. she is the wife of my business partner um married and she's always yeah. been so supportive whenever we are in good time especially in downtime she's always out there and provide her support i really appreciate that
0: that is fantastic. Well, I'm so glad that you have had women that have helped you, which leads me to my next question, which you were talking about work-life balance, and it, and I didn't realise you have children as well. How many kids have you got?
1: No, no, I don't have children no yet. No kids, I, I'm, not I'm, yet. We're planning... Yeah, we're planning it. See how it goes. Yeah,
0: good. No, so my, sorry, my question was more around how do you balance work and life? Because one of the things that I've now interviewed about 200 women in business, and a lot of them talk about burnout. And you've probably heard about this, where people push themselves and push and push and work every day and nights and weekends. How do you get that balance? Are you taking weekends off? Do you have nights off? What what are your rules in your life?
1: um in terms of burnout i had 2019 a whole year completely burnout uh with me oh, and my nice. husband okay. we had no time to hang, hang out with anyone we, we had no life we just worked yeah, uh, right. we run um, uh, chefing plus another plus a, a restaurant at that time we got a restaurant so we run in two businesses oh, at the same my time <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's too much for anyone
1: Yeah, it was just a nightmare. And after we came into um, pandemic, we actually really appreciate pandemic provide us a time to relax and just not work at all.
0: (laughs) Yes, I bet. I bet. So, what are your rules? What what do you do now? What do you do now to make sure that doesn't happen again?
1: Um, On every Saturday, we hang out with friends. Um, We don't do anything else. We don't work. It's completely time for friends. Um, oh, and I once a year, I go to visit my family. So that's my, my yearly plan. Uh, also, oh, other fantastic. things are like checklists and documents are really great. Uh, can, we, we, I, I even have a relationship checklist. I have all my friends <laughs> in my checklist, and I look at who I haven't got in touch in the last three months, who I should get in touch in within one year. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh, you said so, like, that's so I, good. I tick
1: the boxes.
0: Well done. Well done. I spoke to a woman uh, last week and she says she writes a, like a business plan, but a business and life plan with her husband every year. And she said, we have everything in it, how we're going to have holidays, how we're managing our children, what we're doing, how often we're going to have sex, just everything is in there. And we just follow this plan and we sign it, both of us, that we agree to it for the next year. So um, it sounds like you and exactly your husband also thing. have great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. I think we I have should a, be learning from you, plan, t- from you women. A sheet. We, have, we have a spreadsheet. It plans this year, what we want to achieve with our health, how many kilos we want to lose or gain, uh, oh, wow. how many day exercise, and then how many sex we should be doing every <laughs> now <nine That's
0: laughs> and then. That's amazing. All
1: these things.
0: Wow. Well, I have no doubt at all that you're going to achieve whatever you want to achieve. That sounds amazing. Um, okay. So the last question, and it's just a fun one, is, is there something about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for telling us? So it can be anything. It doesn't have to be business. It can be, mm-hmm. I don't know, anything.
1: Um, I think I have a little bit of OCD. And my husband <laughs> does say. as well. Uh, oh we, we have to put our stuff exactly the right spot we, we're comfortable with label out uh, towards this side or another side we have to have <laughs> very good schedule our, our life and we like routines Uh we right. have a dog and uh, we realize the human and dogs are the same we all like routines once we go into routines we are actually much more productive
0: Much more productive. Well, listen. (laughs) That's brilliant. You have been such a good guest. I have absolutely loved it. And I am completely blown away by what you're achieving. So I can't wait to see this machine come out. Sorry. Remind me again. What's it called? I'm I'm going to say it wrong. Umamaya. No.
1: umamiya.
0: Umamaya. Brilliant. Now, Suke, if people wanted to contact you, what is the best way to do it? Don't give me phone numbers or email addresses, but like where is the best way for people to get hold of you?
1: Uh, I guess LinkedIn these days will be the best. Okay. You just need to search my name, Suke XU.
0: Yeah. XU is my family name. (laughs) Yeah, so we need, oh, because in China that would have been Shu Suke, would it?
1: In, in yeah, my Chinese name is Shi Yi, but it's a bit too difficult for people here, so I call Suki Shi. Well,
0: you're, very, you're very lovely. I am so amazed with what you've done. I am looking forward to seeing what you manage to achieve over the next while and that we'll all have robots that will be able to go here, are all the ingredients, make us food. That'll be fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll keep you updated.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.